There, suddenly upon the ridge, appeared a rider, clad in white, shining in the rising sun. Over the low hills, the horns were sounding. Behind him, hastening down the long slopes, were a thousand men on foot. Their swords were in their hands. Helmsteep, the two towers. and Melon, and welcome back to Interesting Tales from Tolkien, a Podmoot. I'm Mel. And I'm Kristen. And this week, we're covering The Two Towers, Book 3, Chapter 7, Helm's Deep. Well, Mel, I am sorry to say that you are in the hot seat again. However, I know you're up for the challenge. So can you catch our readers up on the fellowship? I can do it, and I can do it in 30 seconds. So, Frodo is a hobbit living in the Shire, and he inherits a magical ring from his uncle Bilbo. Bilbo goes away, and 17 years later, the wizard Gandalf comes to Frodo and says, the ring's bad, let's go. Frodo leaves with Merry, Pippin, and Sam, and they start a quest. They meet Strider along the way. Frodo gets stabbed by a ring wraith, and he goes to Rivendell where he's healed. In Rivendell, they form a fellowship, adding Legolas, Gimli, Boromir, and Gandalf to their little Merry troop. And they head off. Gandalf dies in the mines of Moria. They go to Lorien and get lots of cool gifts. They then go onto the river where Frodo realizes he needs to leave the fellowship, and him and Sam leave. All right. <laughs> Take a sip of tea and catch your breath. Oh, that's a good idea. I like tea. Because you're going to be back on deck for the first six chapters of The Two Towers. Are you ready? Let's do this. Aragorn was looking for Frodo after he vanished, and he finds Boromir dying. Boromir says he tried to take the ring from Frodo, but Merry and Pippin have been taken by orcs. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli have to... Put, do a funeral for Boromir and off they go after Merry and Pippin letting Frodo continue his quest. They find out that Merry and Pippin have actually ended up in the forest of Fangorn and Gandalf says that's fine. Oh, Gandalf's alive, by the way. Gandalf has taken them to Rohan where they found the King Theoden under the control of Saruman. They have freed him from the control and now they are off to war. Gandalf's alive, by the way. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> okay, that was hilarious. <laughs> That was uh, so off the fly. I didn't even, like, my brain wasn't even geared into the two towers, anything but this week's chapter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got six other chapters that I need to remember. Tune in week by week, friends, as Mel tries to cram more and more chapters into her beloved 30 seconds. Uh, In the meantime, Kristen, there is a seventh chapter from this book that I'm going to let you cover in 30 seconds. The company departs Edoras, riding hard and fast. Legolas sees figures and a darkness of the Aizen. Ergod Bronze defeated troops leave an opening for Sauron, headed to Helm's Deep, so Gandalf leaves on an errand and the others make for the Helm Tower. They find a thousand men and supplies, and at night all are attacked by Urukai and wild men. Gimli and Legolas have an orc killing contest, and Aragorn almost falls twice as the assault gains the dike and batters the gates. When all appears lost, Gandalf returns with Ergod Bronze troops, and an army of trees devours the fleeing orcs. Hooray for the White Rider! <laughs> Good work. And this is really an exercise in how fast could Krista talk? <laughs> I don't even know. Sometimes I'm like, as I'm doing, especially the fellowship one, if I'm even understandable. You are. You're understandable. I find it interesting how you make choices sometimes about what ends up in your recap and what doesn't. It's whatever comes to my mind and also how long's left. I'm looking at the timer. I'm like, I've hit Rivendell and gone, oh, no, I've got like eight seconds. Well, Mel, we met a whole bunch of new characters this week. So you want to take us through that? 
Yeah, I do. So in this week's chapter, we meet Gambling the Old. We meet Brand of Westfold. Cyril, who's a messenger. We learn about Helm the Hammerhand, who was a hero of the old wars in Rohan. And we also learn about the hillmen and herd folk of the lands of Dunland. Aomer's sword is called Guthwine. Guthwine? Guthwine? Hmm. I don't know. I didn't put all the... There's a couple of marks, and there's a mark on the last E, so I was thinking maybe it's like Guthwine or something. Guthwine? I don't know. Guthwine. So the Rohirric language is based on Old English, I believe. Mm. So all the Aos, you get all the Aos names. Aos means horse. Mm. I don't know what Aos man means, but I'm pretty sure Aos win is horse lady. So there, fun fact. Cool. Yeah, I, I can't wait to do some more of these deep dives after we <sighs> well, take a trip through the main story. What will actually be really, really interesting will be, once we've seen the movies, the movies did their own appendices where they explain so much, like there's all different things. They explain language and things and how Tolkien came up with the languages because obviously in the back of The Return of the King I've mentioned there's stuff about Elvish and how it's constructed, Mm -hmm. but they talk about where it comes from and they've got these experts in Elvish explaining things and they explain character names. It's really interesting stuff. I can't wait. Can I just quickly say while we're at my favourite behind the scenes, they did a whole documentary on the horses of the movie. Z. Love it. And it's my favourite behind the scenes. <laughs> cool. Well, I, I can't wait to delve into all that stuff too. But shall we get into the chapter now? We most definitely shall. I actually want to start with the very first line of this chapter. I just think it's so beautifully written. The sun was already westering as they rode from Edoras, and the light of it was in their eyes, turning all the rolling fields of Rohan to a golden haze. That's such a beautiful word, westering. I really like that it says the light was in their eyes. I read it two ways. as Obviously, the light's in their eyes, making everything a bit hazy. They're probably squinting and all that. But I also see it's like the light is in their eyes, like they are ready for whatever they have to face. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we also get this wonderful description of what they can see then as they look out. They can see the foothills of the White Mountains. They can see the Misty Mountains off to their right. And as the sun's going down, they are driving on, riding as fast as they can because they've got a long way to go. They are hoping to catch up to the king's men that are attempting to hold the fords of Aizen. And as they're riding, Gandalf goes to Legolas and asks him to look ahead. And Legolas looks towards Isengard. He says, I can see a darkness. There are shapes moving in it. Great shapes far away upon the bank of the river. But what they are, I cannot tell. And he explains that It's not mist or cloud that stops him seeing. It's that there is this dark power laid over the lands. And Gandalf says that's there's also darkness behind them. A very storm of mortal. It will be a black night. So I had a question about this as well. The shadow crept down slowly from the wizard's veil. Is that Sauron? Is that the wizard they're talking about? Yeah. 
Okay. And that's a place I can look up on the map, right? Uh, I don't think it's marked on the map, but the Wizard's Vale, that is the Isengard area because it's in a valley. It's between a whole bunch of mountains. Yeah, I didn't find it on the map. That's why I was asking about it. Okay, cool. They're trying to ride as much as they can day and night to make up the 40 leagues. As they are into their second day, this messenger greets them with the terrible news that he needs to tell Eomir that nothing has gone well since Theodred fell. The forces of Erkenbrand have been routed. Many casualties and those who have survived have fled from the wild hillmen and herdfolk of Dunland off towards Helm's Deep. So at first, Theoden's like, we're going to ride and help Eric Brand. But Gandalf says, no, you need to ride to Helm's Deep. Don't go to Aizen. Don't stay out here. You need to go to Helm's Deep where you can defend it and await me there. I'm going to take Shadowfax and we're going to go to an errand. So what is this with Gandalf always leaving at the most opportune moments? I mean, I know wizard's going to wizard, but geez. He leaves because he must. That's a quote. And he will come back when he is most needed with what is needed. Will he not? Yes, that is exactly true. But I also can see that this pattern of behavior is exactly why the men of the mark are like not so much about Gandalf so much. (laughs) Because he just shows up, wreaks some havoc, and then leaves. Fortunately, at the end of this chapter we find out that his errand was a very, very important one. But I I just giggled when I got to this part. I'm like, really, Gandalf? Off you go again. Yeah, well, he's he's leaving Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli there. They've got it under control. Well, and Theoden is kind of a badass too. So, and AMR, like, they're they're in good hands. So Gandalf rides off, and there's this short conversation between Hummer and one of the guards. Guard says, you know, we would understand everything if Wormtongue was here. He would give an explanation. And just on the subject of Wormtongue, taking a sidestep, in the Kristen Free channel of our Discord, Lincoln pointed out that in your predictions, you had said you thought that Saruman might have wormed his way into Theoden's court. <laughs> I did say that. I, I can't believe we forgot to talk about that in our previous episode. Okay, so another half a point for me. That is hilarious. Thank you, Lincoln. I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> Lincoln's looking out for me. Yeah, he's got your back. And also, I'm very glad there is a Kristen Free channel of the Discord. So all y'all that are way ahead in the story and have loved this stuff for years have a place to banter where, and I, I have that channel shut down. I can't get into it or, or get um, notifications of it or anything. So it's a lot of fun. So then we hear a little bit of the history. We hear about Helm, the hero, and how this place was set up and how it was constructed and why it has been so important in defending this portion of the land. I love these little drabs of history and you can see how much Tolkien has thought nothing in his world is there without thought and history. Do we ever find out more about this particular race of men? About the Rohirrim? Uh, We hear more about them as as we go along, bits and pieces, and they are in the appendices as well. Oh, cool. So, like, But like the men of the Westfold in particular? I can't remember specifically if they discuss the Westfold particularly, 
but the Westfold are also Rohirrim. Mm-hmm. So they okay. have a common history. Cool. So they arrive at Helm's Deep and they find some of Eric Brand's men, but they don't know where, er- er- I cannot say his name, Erkin Brand is. <laughs> I, I kind of um, like Eric Brand. Like, that's kind yeah. of fun. But Erkin Brand. <laughs> and Theoden asks if they have seen anything of Gandalf. They say many have seen an old man in white upon a horse passing hither and thither over the plains like wind in the grass. Some thought he was Saruman, but it seems that uh, Gandalf's hard at work. And we find out that Wormtongue's been around and he was travelling north with a company of orcs. And Theoden lets slip that it will go ill with Wormtongue if Gandalf comes upon him. Can I just say, I really hope if that happens, the duel between Gandalf and Wormtongue... I want to read that. I don't want that to happen off screen. And then we get the little recap, like Gandalf is so fond of doing. I was off on an adventure and this is what happened. Like I want to see Wormtongue on his belly at the mercy (laughs) of Gandalf's stab where he twiddles the top. (laughs) Sorry, I got another twiddle in there. And it turns out that guarding Helm's Deep is going to be kind of tricky because there are caves where people can hide and there are secret ways but the king suggests that they not deal with any of that because Saruman has been spying out this land and they're much better off if they proceed to the tower and then I love this next bit well this next line because it made me giggle Aragorn and Legolas went now with Eomer in the van And I got this picture in my head of, like, the magical mystery tour van or something. That's not (laughs) what it means, but yeah. Look, look, horses are taking too long. Let's get in the van. Uh, There's this tangent time uh, video out at the moment of a Tesla getting confused by a horse and carriage. (laughs) So at first it thinks it's behind a truck. Then it thinks it's a ute or a... uh, a tray back. I don't know what you call them in America. So thinks it's behind like a lorry truck. Then it thinks it's behind a ute, a utility. Then it thinks it's behind a truck that is reversing. <laughs> and it's just so confused. This poor Tesla's trying to work it out. But they ride on through the night. And even though that slows them down as it gets darker, they keep going. They find some enemies that are roving bands of orcs. But these orcs flee before them and they don't even get to kill them. And Elmer says that soon Saruman will know that they're on the move. So they arrive at Helm's Dyke, which is the trench and ram part that surrounds Helm's Gate. But it's too wide for them to defend. So they announce themselves to the guard. And the sentinel is so happy that they're there and they welcome them in. They meet Gambling, the old, who seems to be kind of the one in charge of the people who are there. And there's many generations of folks there, including women and children. They do have supplies there, which is good because the riders didn't bring a whole lot of provisions with them. And it turns out that it's a good thing also that they have provisions because Sauron's forces are not only driving towards Helm's Gate, but as they march through, they are burning everything that they find in the land. So the king and his men come in. They go up the ramp. There's a huge reunion. But Eomer 
is quick to start getting everyone ready for war. Theoden and his men are put up in the Hornburg, along with some Westfold men. But on the wall itself, Eomer takes that, along with Legolas, Aragorn, and Gimli. And I love these interactions between Legolas and Gimli. They're standing, waiting for war to begin. And Gimli is looking at everything and saying that if my kin were here and we had time, we would make this place amazing. And Legolas is like, I do not doubt it, but you're a dwarf and dwarves are strange folk. I do not (laughs) like this place and I shall like it no more by light of day. But then he goes, but you comfort me, Gimli. I am glad to have you standing nigh with your stout legs and your hard axe. I wish there were more of your kind kin among us. But even more, I would give a hundred good archers for Mirkwood. As they finish this conversation, time is passing. They hear sounds of battle down from the dike. And all of a sudden, the men that were guarding the dike come back with the announcement that the enemy is at hand and they have spent all the arrows that they had and killed a lot of orcs. But that has not been enough to halt them. And more than that, the orcs have learned not to carry torches. So they should expect an attack now in the dark. So it's past midnight and the sky is dark because it's covered in dark clouds and there's going to be a storm. And just as the lightning starts cracking and everything, the army approaches. Now, I just want to interject here. This is actually one of the things I remember from seeing the movies. I remember like this sort of lightning struck battlefield where everything is in the dark and in the rain and there's just lots and lots of fighting. (laughs) I don't remember the character of Aragorn, but I remember the lightning and the battles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Helm's Deep is it's spectacular to read and they really did it justice in film. Just this oppressive darkness rain lashing and i'm just going to quickly go movies and tv need to remember lord of the rings all their night scenes are done in blue filter instead of pitch black where you're like if you're not in a completely dark house you can't see what's happening just a quick thing we'll get to it when we watch the movies excellent and now we find out that the orcs are joined by these wild men There's a lot of back and forth and trumpets and attacking. And just as Aemir and Aragorn's people are defeating one rank, then more start coming. There's this great line. It says, they wavered, broke and fled back and then charged again, broke and charged again. And each time, like the incoming sea, they halted at a higher point. Yeah, very ominous writing. And they all draw their swords. They realize that the arrows are running out and decide that a few in-person attacks might help just to route the forces a little bit. Aragorn and Eomer are working together. They move from place to place within the fortress. They even go out beyond the walls to hold back some of the attacks. Well, and the really dangerous thing right now is that they have felled some trees and created a battering ram that is threatening the gates. So they try to stop the battering ram. They're not successful completely, although they they are able to deter it a little bit, but there's been significant damage 
And so they head back inside and try to get the forces inside to build a barricade to keep the doors locked as much as they possibly can. I love Gimli in this. Gimli is actually behind Eomer and Aragorn, and they don't even notice him. And then when Eomer does, because he saves Eomer's life, he thanks him and says, I didn't even know you were here. And Gimli says, I followed you to shake off sleep, but I look on the hillmen and they seemed over large for me. So I sat beside the stone to see your sword play. <laughs> awesome. And then one of my favorite parts of this chapter, as they're heading back inside, they run into Legolas and Gimli says two. That is his current orc count. And Legolas is like, two? What is this two? I've got so many more now, but I'm running out of arrows. So the current tally is Gimli to Legolas 20. At least. <laughs> And I love that they keep egging each other on. I just, I, like, I love what their friendship has become. It's just so much fun to read and watch. It keeps describing this battle and what's happening, all these different things the orcs and hillmen come up with. So they use ropes and grappling hooks. Some of the orcs are just climbing the walls. And it says, The men of Rohan grew weary. All their arrows were spent and every shaft was shot. Their swords were notched and their shields riven. Three times Aragorn and Eomer rallied them, and three times Andriel flamed in a desperate charge that drove the enemy from the wall. And here comes Gimli again with his Kazad cry. I love that. I love that they each have their own battle cry that is unique to their people or their sword or something. I just love that. Fun fact, that is the same cry that Thorin uses in the Hobbit films. Mmm. But unfortunately, the orcs have gotten behind the walls. And Gimli's count is now 21. Legolas's is now 24. And the troops that are inside are also now divided into several pieces based on where they were first defending. So they're trying to retreat deep enough within the tower that they can find a place that they can defend but it's harder than it seems. And we find out a little more of the history of the men in this area as Sauron's people are shouting these slurs, death to the foregoyle and death to the strawheads, death to the robbers of the north. And the reason that Saruman has been able to get them to align with him is because of these ancient grievances between the different groups of men and this particular group is upset by the initial gift of Gondor to Eor the Young and the Alliance. And as they're sitting there talking, they're talking about the fact that it's not far from dawn. And Aragorn says, day will bring me hope. They are going to keep defending the Hornburg because it's been said that no foe has ever taken it if men defend it. The challenge, though, is that these Urukai, because they've been bred with men, are no longer susceptible to the dawn. So the battle is not going to stop just because the sun comes up. So as they're speaking about this, they hear the horns blaring again, and then they begin to see water streaming and foaming from the deeping stream. Aragorn is like, devilry of Saruman. They have crept in culvert again while we talked, and they have lit the fire of Orthanc beneath our feet. He starts to run, and at that time, where they are, just collapses. 
And as the defense is swept away, they start trying to see which of their groups are safe. Aragorn and Legolas are together. They're not sure where Gimli is. And they're also not sure where Eomer is. The funny thing is, because they're, tr- they're obviously trying to keep their spirits up, Legolas says, I have to hope that he's okay, because I want to let him know that I've had the- killed 39. And Aragorn laughs and says, well, if he's been driven back to the caves, he's going to surpass you. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that the wall has been taken. Now that the waters have been released, it's going to be even harder for them to escape, but they're determined to defend the Hornburg. Aragorn explains that the orcs are blasting fire, which is the devilry of Orthanc, as he calls it. He says, if they cannot come in the caves, they may seal up those that are inside, but now we must turn all our thoughts to our own defense. And Theoden starts to despair and saying, I think this is a prison. If I could have set a spear in rest riding before my men upon the field, maybe I could have felt the joy of battle and it wouldn't end this way. And he's really coming to despair. He says, you know, they say this will never fall, but my heart is doubtful. What of Gandalf? I shouldn't have done as he told me. His counsel seemed good at the time, but now not so much. And Aragorn says to him, do not judge the counsel of Gandalf until all is over. But he's in despair and he says, well, it's pretty much over anyway. But they rally one more time. And Theoden says, when the dawn comes, I'm going to sound the horn and I'm going to ride. I'm going to take this battle to the fields. Will you ride with me, Aragorn? And Aragorn agrees. And this next bit is so cool because the orcs are continuing to throw their hooks. And every time a group gets to the top of the wall, the defenders throw them down. So they are able to hold this smaller, more interior portion. And they have this kind of jeering, taunting that they do. We are the Urukai. Come to kill. We're not going to fade in the light of the dawn. Aragorn just says back. No enemy has taken the Hornburg. Leave or you're all going to die. So a great power and royalty was revealed in Aragorn as he stood there alone above the ruined gates before the host of his enemies that many of the wild men paused and looked back over their shoulders to the valley and some looked up doubtfully at the sky. But the orcs laughed with loud voices and a hail of darts and arrows whistled over the wall as Aragorn leaped down. And at that moment, there's a roar and a blast of fire and the gates crumble and the barricade is shattered. But at the same time, the sound of the great horn of Helm rang out. And just that sound scares a bunch of the orcs down onto the ground. The riders galvanize behind that and follow the king on his horse, riding out, and out come the Aerlingus. I um, have a note above this that says, I got teary. I got teary reading this. It says, So King Theoden rode from Helm's Gate and clove his path to the great dyke. There the company halted. Light grew bright about them. Shafts of the sun flared above the eastern hills and glimmered on their spears. But what they find there is not at all what they had expected. Because before, there had been a great dale. And now, all of a sudden, there's a forest, kind of unexplainedly. (laughs) It's a random group of trees. 
And now we find out what Gandalf has been up to. And the orcs are trapped between the trees and the men. It says, in terror of the king and in terror of the trees. And just before the orcs can think up anything, another rider turns up and it's Gandalf. And with him comes Brand and his men. And so once again, Gandalf to the rescue has brought the remains of Erkenbrand's forces. And so now the orcs are surrounded on all sides. Whatever they passed under the waiting shadow of a tree from that shadow, none ever came again. Yeah, the tree's got a nice orc snack. Yep, yep. And I just love the final lines of this chapter. He just does such good chapter endings. Like a black smoke driven by a mounting wind, they fled. Wailing, they passed under the waking shadow of the trees, and from that shadow, none ever came again. Oh, he just knows how to end a chapter. So good. So good. Hey, everyone. Have you remembered to follow us on our social media? We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podmoot. You can also check down below for a link to our Discord. Thank you for subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends. Thanks, y'all. Character shout out for the week. Again, it's hard not to shout out Gandalf, the Deus Ex Machina, but I'm actually having a hard time deciding amongst everybody else because it really is a team effort, this chapter. Aragorn, Eomer, and Theoden were all very important leaders, as was Gambling the Old until they got there. Each of those leaders needed saving at one point. You know, Theoden got discouraged and Aragorn lifted his spirits. Gimli had to rescue Eomer and Legolas had to rescue Aragorn when he tripped on the steps. So I really think the shout out, my shout out kind of needs to go to all of the leaders of all of the various groups and the way that they worked together because teamwork makes the dream work. That's cute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it to Theoden. He got his act together, even if when he's coming to despair, he still got his act together and said, you know what, we're going to charge out. We are going to charge out and do what we can to try and win this battle, even if all hope seems lost. Excellent shout out. Are we ready for prediction versus fiction? Dun, dun, dun. They are heading to the gap of Rohan. Well, they were. And then they start, turned when they got the news. At Helm's Deep, they're going to encounter some stuff. (laughs) Direct quote from you. Yeah. Saruman knows about the hunters and has deduced that they went to Edoras and are now preparing for an assault on Isengard. That's true. Saruman attempts to waylay the Rohirrim with magic, fog or something. Not quite. No, the magic is at Isengard. It's not there. Yeah. Because, yes, you said that they'll all get split up and eventually reunite and march onto Isengard and that there'll be casualties in the separation being a group of men. There were definitely casualties this chapter, but different circumstances. Uh Uh-huh. Legolas and Gimli are going to stay with Gandalf and Aragorn for the Battle of Isengard. We're going to have a battle at Isengard. Legolas and Gimli will then have to part ways and go to Mirkwood and collect allies from that region, as well as Orcrist, the sword. We are building to the ultimate battle in Gondor. Can only win the battle in Gondor if Frodo succeeds with 
tossing out the ring, and you also predicted romance with Aragorn and Eowyn long-term. Yeah. We can kick all of that forward. Are you ready for the name of next week's chapter? Yes. The Road to Isengard. Well, I wonder where they're going next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I guess the big question is, who is they? Clearly, it's Team Theoden, the Four Hunters, Team Erkenbrand, and I'm guessing since at least some of the trees were in Isengard, I'm not sure if these are the same Ents that took Mary and Pippin to Isengard or if this is just more trees. So... I'll I'll clarify this one for you. The trees that are at Helm's Deep are tree trees that can move, not ants. Ah. There's difference because, you know, the ants herd the trees. So these are trees that have been herded there or allowed to go there. They are not ants themselves. Okay. So I guess I'm going to say that since Gandalf has gathered them all, that they probably come too. So yeah, there's a big old army now because we there were like a thousand people, a thousand soldiers at Helm's Deep, and Erkenbron had another thousand. So that's like two thousand troops plus Theoden's people. So I'm guessing that's like three thousand soldiers plus the four hunters and Gandalf the White Rider, potentially some trees. I'm not sure that the trees come, but maybe they do. We're going to go across the ford now, and one group of Sauron's forces has been defeated, but there's got to be just a whole lot more that are going to be encountered. So, yeah. All right. So are we going to make it to Isengard in this chapter? I think we make it to the Isen. I'm not sure we make it to the fortress. And what's going to happen in this chapter? Like, is it just going to be more battles? Are we going to get some talking? What's going to happen? I do think there's more orc and wild men encounters, but I think Saruman might have wised up at just how strong these forces of men are. So as in Saruman will get word about how the battle went before they can get to him? I don't know. I I don't know if he gets word because no one is... Unless... Some of the orcs and men who ran off before report back that, yeah, Theoden's group is headed for Helm's Deep, but no one escaped from Helm's Deep there at the end. So I don't know if he knows about the unification of the two Erkenbrand groups and Theoden's group. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess, actually, I think they are going to encounter Saruman himself. On the road? Yeah, like while they are encamped for a night or something, that he makes a visit, kind of like he did at the edge of Fangorn. I do think they encounter more random pods of men and orcs that they are quickly able to dispatch with. But I think they have to deal with Saruman himself in some way, even if it's just like indirectly like that. So if I say Saruman will appear on the road like he did near Fangorn? I don't think it's like Saruman in the middle of the road with his staff up going, you shall not pass. Like, I don't think it's direct like that. I think it's like in the middle of the night or they spot somebody on a horse and they think it's Saruman, like off in the distance. So if I say see him from afar at night. Exactly. I think we have Saruman sighting. I also wonder if 
there's a worm tongue sighting again from afar because he was headed in the opposite direction out of Edoras. Maybe they catch up to him. I don't think so. If we have a worm tongue sighting, it's also from a distance. I think if there's any storytelling or histories, it's more like catching up the groups on what each one has been doing. For example, Theoden needs to let Erkenbrand know that Wormtongue's a traitor. Erkenbrand needs to let Gandalf and Theoden know what all has gone down on the banks of the Aizen. So I think there's some of that probably, but I don't think there's any like big exposition of anything else. I think it's more like catching people up while we are riding back towards the Aizen, everybody catching everybody up. Yep. And my final question, what are we thinking about other characters like Merry and Pippin, uh, Frodo and Sam. Any thoughts on what's happening with them? Well, I think the Ents set Merry and Pippin down up on a high place to watch. To watch what? To watch whatever's going to happen in Isengard. Okay, so they've got front row seats to watch whatever's going to go down. I think so. And I think when everybody else gets there, I think we're going to see Merry and Pippin actually slip away and get involved somehow. I don't know how yet, but... I don't think Mary Project Manager and Pippin the Took are going to be content to just watch. I think they are going to get all rough and tumbly once everybody gets to Isengard. Frodo and Sam, they're trying to get to the cracks of doom. So they're doing whatever it is they're going to do. (laughs) They're walking. They're somewhere and they are walking. (laughs) Well, they are on the Mordor side of the river where they've left their boat and they're walking. I mean... I shared before, one of the things I do remember is that they have an encounter with Gollum. I shared that in episode zero. So that's clearly coming, but I have no idea how or when or what goes down with that. Sure. The preface to this book says that that's in the second half of this book. So I don't think we see... I really wish you hadn't read that. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't spoil anything. I just like having you along for the ride. I also wonder if we aren't going to run into Radagast at some point in the not too distant future, because we are going to need animal forces to help us out, even if it's just some birds. I think we're going to need Radagast very soon. Any other bigger long-term predictions or anything that you want to make? I wonder if all of the wild men are truly aligned with Saruman, or if there's any pieces of that group who might potentially defect and join Theoden and Erkenbrand's group. Maybe there's some who are just as skeeved out as I am about men and orcs breeding and they want to defect. But I think we are just driving towards Isengard and I think we are headed for a really big battle there. Awesome. Homework for next week is to read The Road to Isengard. We meet Elekban of the, 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 we learn about Helm Hammer the end of the but and he the, the. Thanks for joining us. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podmoot. Our email address is podmoot at gmail.com and our website is podmoot.com. If you'd like to contact me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett on Twitter and Instagram. Kristen, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Conducts. Norvera Melon, until we meet again. Bye, y'all. <laughs>